I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 243. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs they're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. What we believe matters. You might say, well, yeah, of course, but that's not always what the world says. The world says that you can believe whatever you want as long as you're sincere. But it's my understanding that you can be sincerely wrong. And that's why it's incredibly important to know what you believe. And I love a good song that sings about what we believe, especially when it comes directly from Scripture, like Pat Barrett's song, The Way. So before we jump into Scripture, let's listen. Okay, so I've told you this comes from scripture, but where? Well, it's in John chapter 14, verse 6, where it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, let's just say that you read this verse at the top of a devotion book, or you saw it on an Instagram post. Well, one question that you can ask that might inspire your next action to actually interact with God's word is ask the question, Jesus answered what? All right. So when you look at that verse, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. My eyes get drawn into those red letters, and I forget that it started out by saying Jesus answered, because this answer came in the midst of a discussion, of a conversation. So by asking the question, Jesus answered what, you are already interacting with God's word. It's a Bible interaction tool exercise. I call these exercises bites. And I mean it. I want you to interact with God's word, not just merely read it. And while, of course, your ultimate interaction should be to obey God's word, when I say interact with it, I mean think about what you're reading through meditation or asking questions like I just said, or write things down, underline them, rewrite them, share them with friends. When you interact with God's word in a variety of ways, you will see new things and your time in God's word will be, well, more enjoyable and impactful. So let's take the bite of asking a question. If Jesus answered someone, who was he talking to? And what was the question or what was the answer to this person? What what was the question at hand? And this leads to my favorite bite of all times, which is context, reading in context. Make it a habit to read God's word 
in context. This should this could be or should be your number one habit. In this case, at the very least, pick up John chapter 14 and read the entire chapter. Better yet, read the chapter before and even the chapter after where you're focusing your study. Now, when we do that here, we discover that Jesus answered Thomas's question. He says, we don't know where you're going. How will we know the way? All right. So he's his answer, I am the way, is a direct question to we don't know the way. In fact, let's back up a little bit more. In a section titled, Jesus Comforts His Disciples, Jesus says, we backed all the way up to verse 1 of John 14, and it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I mentioned uh, before I even read that text, and it's start, starting to all come together now. And you could focus in on that one verse that you may have seen on a coffee cup or a bumper sticker. But now you can see how it came about what was the discussion, and really learn a little bit more about what that might mean. And um, to get your uh, familiarity or to get your bearings in Scripture, it is useful to read section titles. So I mentioned that this section title was Jesus Comforts His Disciples. His first statement is, do not let your hearts be troubled. But if uh, that is another bite, by the way, to utilize section headings to find your bearings in scripture, um, especially if you've read certain sections of scripture before, you kind of know the lay of the land. You just can't remember what happened first or um, where specifically you are in the larger story. So if we do that in this case and we back up a, a chapter or maybe in a, minute, a chapter and a half, it says Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. So this is a time when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and they are shouting Hosanna in the highest and they're praising him and it's like this glorious moment. And then among his disciples, he predicts his death. And then the next section says belief and unbelief among the Jews. And then in John, it says, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Now, we know that um, the evening meal was in progress. In verse 2 of that section, uh, we see that this is the, the Lord's Supper that you can see in a little bit different way in some of the other Gospels. Then in this same section, he's predicting his betrayal. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Jesus comforts his disciples. That's where we're at, we're at right now. Jesus is the way to the Father, and Jesus promises is the Holy Spirit. And then right after that is when they leave the Passover meal. So this hopefully will give you a, a bearing if you're familiar with that scripture. But if you're not, the best way to get familiar is to read it for yourself. So you back up a little bit and kind of see where the story takes you, especially in these longer gospels where it might be um, hard to read the whole gospel straight through. Um, and if even if you've done that, if, as you go in to study a smaller section to back up into that, um, to, to back into it that way. So Jesus's claim as the way is, is kind of frustrating to many people these days. We live in a pluralistic society, and that means that people believe that there are many ways to heaven. So claim that there's one way 
kind of makes Christians seem intolerant and closed-minded in the eyes of the world. And of course, that's what they're going to claim. But I actually don't think that Jesus is trying to make some social statement here. I mean, I think what he's saying is true. There is only one way. But if you look back at the section title, Jesus comforts his disciples. Of course, the section title is not scripture. It's just um, added by the publisher to help us read and find our way. But they're not wrong. Jesus is indeed trying to comfort his disciples here. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Oh, but their hearts were definitely troubled, (laughs) you know, and yours would be too. When you read in context, you see that one of their own number has just left them as a traitor. You bought back to John 13 in verse 20. It says, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of the disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. Uh, Hey, John, ask who he's talking about. So that disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what you're going to do? do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. Uh, What a scene, you know? I mean, even, even in the midst of this, you can see that the disciples have no idea who he's talking about. It's not like they thought, oh, I knew that guy was shady. They did not know. They were in shock that there was a traitor among them. You know, I have a friend who recently discovered that the character of another friend was sorely lacking. And the one would have sworn by his friendship and loyalty. He was a part of the group. He belonged to all the others. But in the end, he was not a faithful friend. And the shock displayed by my friend reminded me of how the disciples must have felt when they discovered that one of their own was a traitor. It's enough to rock your world. And kind of rip your heart out for sure. Thus, Jesus' response, do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, then what about Jesus' own announcement that he himself would be leaving them for good? In chapter 13, verse 33, he says, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you where I am going, you cannot come. Ah, do not let your hearts be troubled. Or what about his prediction that Peter, chief among the disciples, would deny him three times? Still in chapter 13, verse 38, Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will crow, will not crow, till you have denied me three times. So it's into this confusion and fear um, that Jesus speaks these consoling words to the ones who have just lost one of their own as a traitor, to the ones who Jesus declared he would leave as well, and that the chief among them would not stand strong. It's into this confusion and emerging fear that Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. David Mathis writes, uh, Jesus as the way is first about the comfort and peace and assurance of his followers. These are not first fighting words, but soul quieting, heart feeding truth. Comfort first, not controversy. 
And, and then Jesus wants to comfort them, not only because of what they had already endured, but of what was to come. You know, everything they thought was going to happen is going to fall down in a heap of rubble around them. At Jesus' arrest, his condemnation, his death and burial, don't let your hearts be troubled. There are seasons in my life that my heart is troubled. You? You know, perhaps you're in one of those seasons now. Perhaps you too have been betrayed by a close friend. Or perhaps someone you love has just rocked your world by saying that they were no longer going to be in it. And perhaps you're in the midst of a, I did not expect things to go this way moment. And you need to figure out a way to not let your heart be troubled. Well, keep reading, my friend, because Jesus answers it. When God leads us where we cannot cope and cannot understand... Verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You see, Jesus' solution here is to believe. But what does that mean, though? I mean, we use the word all the time, but what is the intended meaning here? And so this is where I use the bite of looking up the original word in the Greek. A complete a word study is what I call it. I'm using the most simplistic form of it. It's easy for you to do on your own. I use an online tool, biblehub.com. You just go there and look up John 14, 1. You're going to then see this verse in several translations in the middle of the page. This is is another bite, by the way, consulting various translations. And even if you don't go any further than this, you would find that most translations use the word believe, but some of them use the word trust. So it's almost like Jesus is saying, you trust in God, trust also in me. So you're starting to see the idea. But if you want to see the Greek word and its summary definition, if you look over to the right, you're going to see a section titled Study Bible. And then you just click on the word believe. Um, It'll highlight and it'll take you to the word study. And an alternate way to get to that same place is to click on interlinear near the top of the page and then click on the word believe. Both will get you to that summary page. Uh, This is where we discover that the Greek word for believe here is pistio, and it means to believe or to entrust. And its usage is I believe or have faith in, I trust in. So we see that the path of peace that we're seeking when we cannot understand or cope is to put our faith in Jesus. They had to trust God even when they couldn't see his reasons. And I bet Jesus reminded himself of that in just a few hours time when he would be agonizing in the garden. And it was precisely that they did not understand what was going on that they had to trust. And the thing is, is as we keep reading, he does tell them why he was leaving and where he was going. They probably missed it in the midst of their emotions. But in verse two, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Okay, so he's going to the Father to prepare a place for us, and there seems to be plenty of room, but that doesn't solve the fear and anxiety I have right now at my current circumstances. Well, once again, Jesus is lifting our head. It's almost like he places his hand under our chin to lift our head up and look further down the road. We're to look toward our heavenly home. If we could just get it through our thick skull that that what is planned is far greater than the trouble we currently face. So Jesus continues in verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. I know I'm leaving, he says, but it's necessary to make a way for you to come with me when I come back 
for you. <laughs> and I love it. You know the way. <laughs> so Thomas, of course, he's so cute. He's like looking for a Google map or something. Like when he, he's just spent years of his life with the way, um, he's looking for a, a piece of paper to kind of show him how, the directions. And we do that, don't we? We want directions. We want clarity and wisdom and purpose and direction from God. Tell me what to do. Tell me which direction to go, God. And Jesus' response to Thomas's uh, question and to us is more of himself. He is the way. Do you want direction? Seek more of Christ. Do you want wisdom? Stop asking your friends and seek more of Christ. You know the way. Verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You really can know him. And he calls us to trust him, to have faith. To know that his ultimate plan for us is good. It's good and it's settled. You see, it matters what we believe. What we believe will affect how we live. Our thinking will affect how we live. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe in Jesus. So what's next? We'll read John 13 and 14 uh, to understand the context of Jesus's profound I am statement here. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And these words are meant as comfort to us, just as they were to the original disciples. And then use this week's song to declare your trust in our beloved Savior. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. Now, when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Hunter from Arizona, Cindy from Florida, Danielle from Ohio, and Nicole from the UK. Welcome. New subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. Some of the ones I talked about today are on that resource as well. It's a great place to start. And subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you will get a memory verse, weekly memory verse resource. You can display that on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode with links to the articles I've talked about and um, other resources. Like this week, uh, I'll link out to that Bible Hub Word Study, and I'll link out to that article uh, that I quoted from. And you'll also get instant access to any of the extra resources I create from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, there are so many ways to listen to the podcast these days. We are now featured on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We're always on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio, and you can also subscribe in iTunes. This is a great place to leave a review. So while you're there, if you would mind leaving me a review and a star rating, this not only encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me a little bit of credibility with them. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here 
on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using So Will I by Hillsong United to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 243. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.